0: Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, My nephew
2: needs me to record.
0: See, I I already hate it. I hate it.
2: All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Homes podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Homes coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Everything, school, HQ. First timer up there in parts unknown, somewhere in Connecticut. We know where he's filming, we know he's in the general vicinity. But the Booker himself, the legendary Booker himself, the legendary Limerick man of the Dan Patrick show, Todd Fritz, is here. Todd, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, Chase. Thanks for inviting me
0: on. I've been looking forward to chatting with you.
2: I have as well. This is a long time coming and it's weird. Um, it's funny, like when we're doing this and um, when we're watching, like I had Woody Page on last week and you you watch back and you're like editing stuff and you're like, this is weird. Uh, this person I watch every day on television. So when I'm watching uh, the Dan Patrick show on Peacock, or, like it's like, oh, there's Todd, and Todd, I'm now taping with Todd, so that's that's fun. I, it's I a
0: cool thing. It's fun. fun. I'm glad you're. Uh, I'm glad you tuned in. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the show. And again, it was uh, thoughtful of you to include me in uh, what you're doing.
2: Is it weird uh, being on video all day long, knowing while you're working, and there's just a camera watching you work for? hours it, on end. It was at first when
0: we were first doing that because back in the ESPN days when we were all just working in a cubicle and we're not Danettes and we're not on the air and we're just kind of doing our things separately from what Dan's doing in a different studio. Uh, initially it was a little strange but once we start going we're kind of entertaining each other and we uh, we're fully aware and cognizant of that there's a lot of people listening and or watching or going to catch it on a podcast at a, a later time but you know if what we're doing entertains each other like if we we're all sitting in each other's homes or in a sports bar we, we would like to think that every Everyone that's uh, tuning in. However, they consume the show will uh, be having a good time. Also, but if you uh, if you think too much about it, you may start getting nervous, or you start you may start playing to the camera, or you know showing sides of your personality kind of forced, or doing something you normally wouldn't just because you think you're kind of trying to get a little joke out of somebody or get a little extra laugh. But if we just stick to our personalities and uh, and say what we feel like saying and try not to count, think too much about who's tuning in, I think that's best for, for all of us to just kind of pretend it's just us and no one else is even uh, watching or listening and that maybe there's just some eavesdropping going on.
2: Well, there's the other part, too, where I think it was McLovin years ago, right, who fell out of his chair, like at mid-show, and yeah. you get that on camera. Was that correct? It was yeah. Mc- oh, McLovin, right?
0: Yeah, you sitting right next to me in the back and these things happen, but that's part of a, I guess the, for lack of a better word, not, not for him in that moment, the excitement of the show, it's just very spontaneous. Nothing is a, scripted the only thing we really put together is maybe you know we'll book a couple of guests in advance and we'll have a general rundown that's put together that will go over you know an, an idea of what we want to hit each segment of those three segments each of those three hours from nine to noon eastern but other than that you never know what direction the show is going to go in there's breaking news or a guest says something that gives us an idea to maybe to pursue a different guest or some topic comes up that uh i know dan's big on uh you know, cultural stuff and things that uh, people are into beyond sports. And even though we're primarily a sports show, you know, we like to hit the pop culture and if the uh, Grammy awards were on the night before or something with Taylor Swift or whatever it is, there's just a lot of fun things that if we think people are interested in them, they may or may not have a sports tie in, but, that's OK, too. But the main thing is not taking ourselves too seriously, not doing too much X's and O's. There's other shows that do that well. And that's, you know, that's just not us. But if we can find that blend of information and entertainment and uh, for me, if I can get the right guests on that people are interested in hearing from. And Dan, obviously, is a great interviewer. Then I think we're uh, we're doing a good thing. By the end of the show, we can feel good about what we accomplished.
2: Absolutely. Um does it feel strange now that you have an end date for the show? Like it's out there and it's just you like, is it just weird knowing because you've been doing it for so long? I just imagine that you just go into work and you just assume it's forever. Then, yeah. you know, you wonder like as Dan gets older and the show goes on, and you're like, I wonder when. But it's still in the back of your mind. Right, now you that. The open. Yeah, you said that
0: very well. That's It it's, It was in the back of our mind for a while, and uh, mm. you know, no one ever really put Dan on the spot and ever asked, really, when are you thinking about it? wrapping things up? But, you know, we all have families and children and bills to pay and everything, and we know we're not going to be... Uh, you know, the Dan Patrick Show is not going to go on like you said forever, and we're not mm-hmm. going to be Danettes forever. And I'm still young enough where once things wrap up, I guess Friday, Christmas Eve, 2027, mm-hmm. um, especially with the uh, you know two kids in college right now, I you know, that's I'm not in a position where like that's it. I'm going to go lay on a hammock with a bag of M&Ms in the backyard. I go like there's other career opportunities beyond that, which I'm excited about. Um, but it will be weird. I've been with Dan for over 20 years, back to the mm-hmm. ESPN days with Rob Dibble and Sean Salisbury, if you remember that yeah. fall back. And um, it's been a great run. It's been, uh, it'll be It'll be 25, it, assuming everything goes well all the way up until December, it'll end up being over a quarter of a century for me working uh, with Dan, which I'm very proud of. It's, you know, it's like been like 21 and a half years. I started in the beginning of June of 02. So by the time that date comes around where he calls it a career, it'll be uh, a little over about 25, 25 and a half years. And that's a that's a big deal. What's next? What's on the horizon? You know, it's still almost four years away, so yeah. I don't think anyone's getting too stressed about that. We just want to make these last three and a half, three and three quarter years of shows awesome and send him on his way to whatever you know he's going to do in retirement with family and, and trips around the world or whatever he wants to do, golf and all the fun things he enjoys. And uh, we'll figure out what's uh, what's next.
2: Well, um, how different is Todd Fritz now? Versus when he started working with Dan 25 years ago?
0: That's a great question. Um, I'm not not mature, isn't the word, but I, when I was first starting out and I got an opportunity to book guests, I was uh, not that I'm not a pest now to the agents and the PR directors of teams trying to get guests, but mm. I, I am a lot more diligent and smart about how I, you know, deal with the different personalities. There are certain PR directors or agents you can kind of kibitz with and, and, you know, have a little fun with others are very straight laced and serious. Mm-hmm. They're all business. And I was trying so hard to prove myself at WFAN when I was starting in New York, while I was at NYU. And then I had a sports radio job in LA that I probably was a little too pushy and a little too impatient for people to get back to me on certain guests that I was pursuing. And I had you know, a little couple little slaps on the wrist by a, uh, various executive producers and program directors, you know, trying to let me know that, you know, it's, it's great to go through walls and try to get that big get or whatever you're trying to do with that big guest that all the other shows are going after. But you also have to give people on the other side of the phone some time and space to do their part. And just because they don't get back to you in 15 minutes doesn't mean you're not doing your job or they're not doing theirs. So that was one main thing I've learned a lot about that, uh, you know, just be patient and just which you're not going to learn in any, obviously, in any school, in any classroom or in college or anything like that. Some of these uh, things about, you know, developing a Rolodex and making contacts and how to uh, handle people in different situations are just, you know, a lot of it was just on the fly stuff dating back to the, you know, early nineties at, uh, in the basement of Astoria, Queens at WFAN. So I'm proud of w- w- what I've done and, you know, and how far I've come and what I've accomplished, but that would be one thing that would stand out about how kind of let things play out a little bit and, um you know, everything has a way of working out. You're not going to always get that big guest. You're not going to always hear back from somebody right away that you're pursuing. And unless you have their direct number and much more often than not, you're relying on other people. And it's important to, uh, you know, be very cognizant of that. And you want your name associated with positive things. You don't want to be too much of a pain in the neck. They know that you're just trying to do your job and you're trying to get the right people on the show. But there's also, you know, sometimes you got to, you know, step back and go, you know what, if it happens, great. If not, you know, let's go after B, C, D, or E on our list of who we want to have on the show and not be too much of a pain in the neck where, oh, Fritzy's calling again. Oh, I can't stand this guy with the emails and the tech, so... I try to be careful with that because, you, you know, you want, I always picture myself, if I'm in a room with a bunch of people, you know, mm. everyone wants to be liked and, and, you know, and thought of in a high regard. You never want to be that person. Where, as soon as you walk out of the room, everyone kind of rolls their eyes and whispers about you and says, oh, Fritzy, man, that guy's got to chill a little bit or something like that. So I always put that in mind as I'm typing an email or following up with someone about a guest request and I hadn't heard back in a certain time frame. But that, that stood out to me over these, you know, past many years in the business of, you know, just giving people some more breathing room with doing their part than what I'm trying to do on my end.
2: Well, we're one of the same. And I think one of the more challenging things for radio versus podcast booking, because I mean, I reached out to you and I always feel weird when I reach out and I'm like, when I do the follow-up, how much time do I do that? And um, with my script and to reach out to folks and you got to be efficient in the way you do it and uh, present value and where you're at and like why it's worth your time and here's who I've had thus far and here's why this will be... And it's weird. You just have to put yourself out there over and over again. Because I think people just assume when you do podcasts and you do the, you just jump right on and there you go. No, there's a lot of yeah, lot of yeah, stuff yeah, that goes yeah. on behind it, the scenes, pretty I and did, after. I did, I did. And you got to appreciate, you know, you hope the person on the
0: other end appreciates the assertiveness and Mm -hmm. then, you know, you're a go-getter and you you try to find that line between, wow, he's really, you know, trying to make something of himself and trying to, you know, move his podcast along and be a player in the business. And Mm -hmm. but you don't want to to go too far afield where you're like, where your name is associated with negative things or a pastor or. know, some of those things. And there's no formula for that. You just get a feel for that over time. And to this day, I've been in situations where, you know, I may have stepped on toes a little bit or I sent one too many emails or made one too many requests and, uh, You know, you, you learn from those things, but again, it's not something you're going to learn in a textbook or in a classroom or in a lab. It's all personality traits and dealing with other people. And, you know, again, it's great what you're doing and, you know, you you want to, uh, you want to stand out you want to get big guests and you want to, you know, be accomplished and be uh, again, for lack of a better word, a player in the business, in the industry, what sets you apart from other podcasts or other shows or what we do. There's a lot of competition in the sports radio and TV Mm. market, but, you know, I'd like to think what we do if we, without looking over our shoulder and worrying about what everyone else is doing, just, we just do the best that we, uh, that we're, what we know we can do each day. It'll be a, a great show. And I think, uh, by the time noon Eastern time hits, we can all kind of smile and feel like that was a, you know, we did what we set out to do.
2: I love it. Um, which of the Danettes is most different off air versus what fans see on air? Wow.
0: They're all, they're all very similar. That's a, that's a really good question. Um, which one of the, i would say and it could be you yeah, it, it, actually, it might be me. I'm glad you gave me that mm. as an out. Because uh, no one's, and, and again, it's not an act or anything like that. But I can be, you know, I'm a man of many moods. And like that Billy Joel song, go to extremes. You know, if you catch mm. me in the right mood, especially if I have my guest booked and I'm, you know, not all stressed out about things like that. And, and mm. you know, whether it's limericks or sports names or, you know, doing impersonations or whatever, you know. And, and, I, and that, I have that kind of stick with my wife and kids and family and friends and stuff like that. But there are also times where, you know, especially after a three-hour show, Show, I'll come down from that high and just, you know, and then I could be very quiet. So on days where you maybe see me, like when they call it Friday Fritzy, when I'm in one of those kind of extra wacky moods and the weekend's coming up, and we're all gonna get a little more silly than we normally are. And I know I don't have to worry about guests for a couple of days and all that. And you know, so I might be a little more uh you know off the wall a little bit, but I'm I I don't I talk fast. I'm from Brooklyn, I'm a little hyper, I don't drink coffee or take any kind of thing that, that this is I am what you see here, and uh, mm-hmm. that's really what it is. But they're as silly as and wacky as they may be at certain times on the show, as soon as the show's over. And again, not that it's an act, I'm just we're in the middle of the show and we're entertaining, we're having fun, you know, as I'm calming down from, especially if we had a really good show, you know, I'm ready to go, you know, have a little, my Traeger grill, my little meat Friday mm-hmm. lunch and decompress and, uh, and quiet. So if you if you were watching the show on a certain day, and then you saw me a couple hours later, like maybe dozing up on the couch back at home with my phone, you know, periodically still working on guests for the next day, it may be, somewhat different than what you just saw or heard on the uh on the radio or saw on peacock so that so i'm glad you gave me that out because marvin and paulie and Steven and dan they're all very very similar on and off the air and i'm pretty similar too but again there have been times where as you know wacky as i might be and i love making people laugh and being silly and stuff but i could also be you know have that serious quiet side where i just want to kind of take a break and shut it all down
2: what happens when you're in the pre-meetings like pre-show meetings and the everything bagel story comes up. Is that something where it just, you know, it's on the fly or is that like you just say yeah, haphazardly and then Dan's like, okay, no, jot that. This is coming up. Because that, I mean, that's one of my favorites everything It's very
0: uh, on the fly. He's always, content is king and you always, if you mm-hmm. have a funny story or something happened to one of us, not that everyone is so interested in our life story. It's more about Dan and the interviews and the, and the sub- subject matter of what happened in the world of sports since the last time we were on the air. But if I just happened to and sometimes i throw it out there and i'm not looking for attention or this would be a good segment for the show dan mm-hmm. is very bright and paul is really good at recognizing you know what that's uh, that's great That you shared that story, but like save that for the air. Or can you yeah. elaborate on that? Because that's something people would have fun with. They kind of like to know what we're doing uh, behind the scenes a little bit, and that's mm-hmm. fun stuff. Once we're done breaking down the Super Bowl or 110, 98 bucks or whatever it is, or 4 2 Cubs, you know, there's other things going on. And thankfully, it's which is great. People feel cl- a closeness with us and they, they feel like they're part of our group and they feel like they know us and that they would hang out with us like in their house or at a barbecue or at a sports bar. And there's no better compliment than that to feel that comfortable with us where they feel like we're all kind of buddies whether they call in or send a note on social media and i'm sure you've heard that a number of times people have called sharing all kinds of stories that they went through mm-hmm. a tough time in their life or someone passed away god forbid or they had an injury or an illness and we helped brighten their day and how awesome is that there's very few jobs in the world that afford that uh, opportunity to do something like that so we, we laugh we have fun with it one of us may bring up a story and then all of a sudden Paul or Dan or anybody can just say, let's, we, we should talk about that. Cause people can relate to that story, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the bagel story, there's a million different things I'm sure you've seen and heard on the show where it's like, it ends up taking over the show. People are calling in and they don't want to talk about Patrick Mahomes. They want to talk about the, uh, how come they don't have tuna bagels anymore or whatever it is. It's just, and it's fun. And then you just, you know, sometimes you just throw out the rundown and go, this is what everyone wants to talk about or share their stories about things that may at a drive-through window or whatever. And, you know, and Dan is cool like that. He's willing to say, all right, this is this is where we're going. It doesn't have to be three hours of, you know, golf, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, whatever it is. We can uh, we can talk pop culture. and We can talk about personal stories that everyone could relate to. And we're not stand up comics. We're not. It's not against not scripted. We're not trying out, although I get accused every once in a while that I'm trying out material when I going mm-hmm. out one of my rants. But we're uh, we're having fun. I mean, you and- did
2: last week during Super Bowl week. You did a set
0: yeah which was not planned that was supposed to just be something i thought i was going to read from my desk mm. and next thing i know dan's like why don't we give you a mic and like since you have a studio audience at the fontainebleau why don't you like do that stick as if you're doing stand-up which again that's what's so fun about the show that was not a plan at all so many things happen where you know dan's put one of us on the spot to do an impersonation of the actual guest that we have on the show which mm. you did to me years ago with shannon sharp which is not a flattering impersonation mm-hmm. or different or you know and, and Seton's doing you know tony romo and things like that and it it's all in fun. We're not trying to insult anybody or hurt anybody's feelings.
1: But... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: You know, there have been times where Dan all of a sudden asks us to do something, and that wasn't something that was discussed the day mm-hmm. before the pre-show meeting. It just kind of happened, and there you go. Let's just do it. Let's uh, let's not take ourselves too seriously, and if that's what he wants us to do, let's have fun with it.
2: I love it. Um, I would be uh, mistaken if I did not ask you about the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Not so disappointing. disappointing for sure. Tough, but... tough eight
0: years. Hey, but you got a <laughs>
2: ring. Peyton did pretty well for you guys. You had yeah, I just, I kept,
0: it just feels like eight years ago, that Super Bowl against the Panthers, Feels like 20 years ago, and I've I watch every game from uh, mm-hmm. Connecticut, and I'm tuning in. And I've gone to a few games, and just seeing what they've become in the carousel of quarterbacks, and always seeing those graphics every time Denver's on TV, where they remind you about you know, 19, 20, 21 different quarterbacks or whatever over the last few years, and and just the disaster of watching them punt so much and <laughs> have such a tough time just getting a first down or getting across midfield. Anytime they do something remotely good, there's usually a penalty and it gets called back, and they're in the division with the Chiefs, with this dynasty that's beat. The- Denver, like 16 of the last 17 times they played them. I'm from the generation of uh, even before Elway, when the Broncos, you know, they were in Super Bowl 12 against the Cowboys with Craig Morton, who's the initial number seven before there was Elway. Mm-hmm. But we got spoiled. All those AFC West titles and Elway and fourth quarter comebacks and Manning and scoring 30 plus points a game. All of a sudden, you see yourself in last place and we're just kind of muddling around with the. Raiders and Chargers. One team's got one win more than the other and and the Chiefs are just embarrassing our team and, and the division and the conference to a certain extent. They just keep going back there and we don't know what's going to happen with Russell Wilson. You see these little arguments with him and Sean Payton on the sidelines and and unless they let him scramble around and he's no spring chicken, the only time they were doing anything remotely positive offensively is when he would scramble and either run for a first down or buy some time until someone got open. When he stands there in the pocket, he would constantly get sacked. Garrett Bowles would get called for a whole they're just—it was just a very, very frustrating thing to watch these last couple of years. This past season, a little better offensively, but you know the amount of punting and you know what used to be a, a team that would score so many points and be a team you did not want to play in Denver is that mile-high mystique is gone. They're, no one's afraid to go to, to play them in Denver anymore, and I, and that's a shame. That used to be a place where it was almost a guaranteed win no matter who they're playing. And eight years ago, again, it's, it seems like only eight years ago, but it seems like so long ago that this team was you know knocking off tom brady and the patriots and getting deep into the playoffs and you know getting to super bowls and i hope they turn it around soon the chiefs aren't going anywhere anytime soon the Chargers are going to get better and figure it out with the hardball probably and justin herbert's great and the raiders got antonio pierce i you know he, he may you know if, figure out a way to turn things around. He's a player's coach. They, they're going to play hard for him. And so how long can we deal with five and 12 and six and 11 year, you know, even if you, you know, average, even if you win seven, eight, nine games, where does that leave you draft wise? You know, you know, I'm not saying tank, but that doesn't get you anywhere. If you don't get into the playoffs, you know, then what is a, uh, what is six, seven, eight wins get you besides not a very good spot in the NFL draft. So it's just it's disheartening. I still love my Broncos, but it just feels like they are a ways away from turning it around. So trying what
2: to What do you big. want them to do at quarterback though? Cuz it seems like the Russ marriage is over. So Yeah. I-
0: I I don't know all the terms with you know with, as far as the you know it's above my pay grade to know. Like, but do you want to go court? Do you want
2: to go gave. draft? Do you want to trade? Do you I, want? I think
0: they gotta. I think they gotta look at all those things. I mm. I, I I like Russell Wilson as a person, and I was ex- very excited when they got him. There was rumors mm. initially that Aaron Rodgers may go to Denver, and then once it was Russell Wilson, then Sean Payton's the coach. I'm I yeah. got a little too excited probably. Whoa, well, Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. We're gonna go back mm-hmm. to the uh, Dan Reeves, John Elway days, or whatever. Yeah. Look, you know, and Mike Shanahan, Elway days. This is gonna be great. But um, they need to do something. Russell obviously isn't the long-term answer. And I'm still, you know, I try to, you read the blogs and I don't have any inside information as far as what they're going to do with him. I expect he'll probably be the week one starter, but who knows? But they have to look at trades. They have to decide if they can move up in the draft somehow. You don't want to give up too much either. You know, I like their young receivers and they have, you know, Sertan and they have some elements in place, but they're just, they gave up so much and and with that contract and it just didn't live up to, expectations i feel like it's going to be a while and then you, then you look at the bills and you look at the ravens and, and you could just there's just a number of teams that are a lot better than them right now so it's not even about even if they were to jump the chiefs or catch them you know look at the that's a stack the dolphins have gotten better the Bengals, you know without burrow were hanging in there. the browns have gotten better Then you could the texans with strat there's a yep. whole bunch of teams and quarterbacks that are as good if not better than denver so like I'm, you know, it's I hard to get your hopes up in the near future that all of a sudden they're going to be back to the top of the division like they used to be.
2: Final thing, and I'll get you out of here, Todd. Yeah. The most surprising Todd Fritz fact that would for Dan Patrick fans, Dan Patrick show fans would be what? What's the most surprising fact by you?
0: The most surprising fact is um, that I can be that I can be very quiet, like, you know, OK. Yeah, that's yeah, I know I know we, we already stated that, but to, uh, I, I like to think that what you see is what you get on the show, that uh, I'm kind of an open book. I've told all kinds of stories, some of which I probably should have kept private, and, and they keep coming back and uh, and t- getting teased by it. But I like to, I'm an oversharer. I'm a hugger when I see people. I like to make them feel very comfortable and welcome. I've, I, I was brought up that way. I just like to embrace everybody when we're on the road and we get a chance to meet people at the Super Bowl or different events. I just, you know, it's really nice. And, and people seem to like that and, and can relate to that and, or, you know, embrace that you know happy positive kind of feeling mm-hmm. but um but when all, all said and done and when the lights are off and the mic's not in front of me you know, if you a friday night you give me dateline nbc and a pizza and, mm-hmm. uh, and i'm i'm good what's your just,
2: pizza toppings what are you doing for your pizza
0: i'm a pepperoni guy i could do meatball i could do sausage not big okay. one mushrooms or anchovies or any of that stuff but uh,
2: are you a vegetable man, guy are we getting any vegetables in here todd a
0: little bit here and there. More not as much as I should, but um mm-hmm. but you know, steak and potatoes guy, I'll have a little broccoli and all that kind of thing. But okay. you know, again on the weekend I've I've been married almost twenty-five years. I got a son that's graduating Syracuse, a daughter that's a freshman at Wake Forest. So mm-hmm. you would think with me and the missus, we got the whole house to ourselves and the empty nest. We're both kind of, you know, let's just, you know, go out for dinner, or order up some food and watch a movie. And I'm a lot less, you know, manic and wacky that you may see at certain moments during the show. So that's, that's the best way I can answer that. But again, what you see on the show is also very much a side of me. and It's not something that Dan says, like, you say this, so why don't you tell that joke? You know, some people, it's gone so well where some people actually have accused the show of being scripted, like, as if, you know, we all have, like, you know, this one, say you say this comment, mm-hmm. and I'll say this. There's no time for that. I was so busy going after guests and trying to figure out how to put the show together and what video we need for the uh, for Peacock and what audio clips we should play from a post-game press conference, there's just so much to get to. And then whatever breaking news happened, you know, the night before, by the time we get into the studio a couple hours before, you know, we all like to get in a good hour and have two hours before the show starts. Um, everyone is very much who they are. And I'm, I'm very proud of that, that, you know, Dan's not putting on an act. There are some on-air talent and, and producers or ensembles where they they feel like, you know, it's like a shtick, but they're totally you're just doing it for the cameras and that's not really who they are. What you see with with, with all of us is that's pretty much exactly uh, who we are. And I, and I I love that about everybody. That And I think that together, that, you know, makes the show what it is, that everyone is true to who they are and they're not putting on some, uh, you know, false personality. That's exactly who these guys are. When, I, when we talk before the show, after the show, we communicate all hours of the night for guest ideas and what topics we should discuss. And no one has a big ego. No one thinks they're better than the other person. And, that, uh, and that's why I've been with Dan and the show so long. Dan wants this to be a you know a group effort and it's not a dictatorship. You book this guest and you get that and you do that. If it was like that, I would have probably left a long time ago. I like to be part of the creative process where Everyone has a say, and and he's always encouraging us to think of new creative elements for the show. And the, the next show it needs to be better than the one before. No matter how great a segment or a show was, there's always room for improvement. And there's always that uh, there's, we're always striving for that perfection, which doesn't exist. But we always keep raising the bar, whether it's a bigger guest or a more interesting topic or new elements we could bring to the show. And uh, it's been a great ride and I'm going to try not to dwell on December 24th, 2027 too much and enjoy the rest of what being a a Dan Ed is What Dan is. And then we'll, uh, we'll see what happens after that. But for now, we
2: got some time, Todd, we were, we're, we're, we got some time here before the retirement. It's
0: exciting and it's, it's awesome. And I know it's not lost on you to do anything in the sports industry for a living and to have any kind of audience where, you know, you get a chance to talk and be heard and seen and, and be able to just you know everyone people have jobs you know what you want to have is a career and if it could be Mm -hmm. in the sports and entertainment industry where we'd be watching games anyway and now when i watch games i'm i would be watching anyway but now i'm also doing it for my job because i need to know you know what we're going to talk about tomorrow and what guests i should be booking and that's a pretty awesome thing so i'm always i always have that kid in the candy store feeling like oh my god look i get to do this with dan patrick and the guys every day and this is this is awesome i work in sports and not a lot of people get a chance to say that so i will never take that for granted as long as i'm in this industry and i know i'm sure i could speak for you that that uh, that this is just a very cool dream come true kind of thing to be able to have any kind of platform like this and to pursue something and see it to fruition and make it happen is a, uh, so that's kudos to you. There's a lot of people that wish they had any kind of platform to do a sports show or a podcast, and they don't have the courage to do it, or they weren't given, you know, enough confidence with, you know, t- parents or professors or teachers around them, but you saw something in yourself and said, why not me? I tell that to my kids every day, almost every day when there's an opportunity instead of why me, I, why it's probably going to go to someone else. I've always told them and I live by that. Why not me? Why can't it be Chase Thomas as the next Dan Patrick or whatever? You're as good as anyone else. Why not you? Now I'll never get to there. I'll never get an opportunity to talk sports on a podcast. And I, I just, that's a very defeatist attitude. And that's being in this business since 1990, I can, I can tell you that there are a lot of things that you could accomplish that you never would have realized back in high school and college. How, how am I going to draw the dots from there to what I'm doing now? Like, if you told me some of the things that I've done with the show and in the business, if you would have told me that when I was in Brooklyn in my apartment building growing up in Brighton Beach and Coney Island, that I was going to be doing these things and working with these people when I was in high school, or even at NYU, I'd be like, how, how is that going to even happen? Yeah, but things. Things have a way of working out if you work hard and you impress the right people around you and have the, and allow yourself to envision success and, uh, and, and chase those goals and have that why not attitude. I don't want to lecture, but I think it's an important thing for your listeners to, uh, to know that. You, you have to, If you can picture it, if you allow yourself to envision success in your chosen field, you know, you're a lot more likely to get there. So,
2: And it's, I mean, the scariest part is starting. That's oh, always okay. it's always gonna be the scariest part, and you'll be amazed that when you get in the routine and you just start going through and you just start cranking. Like the only way to get better at something is doing it over and over again. No and questions. you have like, to
0: here's you know, an example on a much smaller scale, like going to the gym. I wish I had to yeah. the gym. I'm 54 now. When I was a teenager in my 20s, I could be at the gym two, three hours a day. And then I mean, Dan talk.
2: Patrick show knows uh, that listeners know about the young Todd Fritz. We're, yeah, they're familiar I, 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 with. Gym I'm talk trying
0: to live in the past, but mm-hmm. I still try to get to the gym a few days a week. I don't look, obviously, I have a lot less hair and the body doesn't look the way it does. But I will say to your point, once you, you get in the car and go to the gym mm-hmm. or you go down, if you're fortunate enough to have you know equipment in your house or your apartment building or whatever, just getting there is this. Once you're there, you're like, okay, I'm here. I might as well work out. Yeah. But, but but like you said, and again on a much smaller scale, but using that same analogy, that the first that step, it's very easy to just say, you know what, I'm so comfortable on the couch. I don't mm-hmm. want to go work out now. I just had a long day. I want to watch TV or you know pick up pizza or some Chinese food or whatever, and I don't want to start getting all sweaty and do the whole workout thing. And I have days like that too. But as you said, once you get once you get moving and get started, you know. Uh, I remember something in science I learned, like in junior high school, objects in motion could tend to stay in motion and yes. objects at rest, West, you know, not to get all sciencey. But it's true. Once you get yeah. moving on the treadmill or you pick up that weight or you get on that machine, you're like, I, I, I'm here. Let's just do it. As opposed mm-hmm. to sitting in your house, it's a lot harder to get from your house to the gym. But you take that first step and then you, you'd be surprised. And it's to okay system.
2: to be bad. Like I think Absolutely. that's a lot of things. People are just very afraid of being bad. And it's okay, okay to be bad.
0: You, you, that's how you learn from failures yeah. and you, and you get better each day. And again, to use another gym analogy, since I don't look like I did when I was 18, 19, I'm at the gym. And it's a bunch of high school and college kids there or whatever. And it mm-hmm. look like, you know, it reminds me of how I looked when I was in my younger days. And, but am I going to like not go to the gym? Because it's going to make me feel like, like the old man at the gym. There are people older than me or in not as good shape yeah. as me. I and mean, there are people that, wow, that's, say wish I looked like that, but you just go and do your thing and yeah. don't judge and just, you know enjoy your life and just be positive and that's that's something that you know in anything you're doing if you're positive and you have the right attitude you know, people see that. If, and, if, and I told my son and daughter that when you get your internships and your first opportunities, you may not be doing something that you love right away. It may not be mm-hmm. exactly what you had in mind. You have to go, you know, pick up sandwiches for the CEO, whatever it is, there are things that you have to do. You got to pay your dues. But if you do it with a smile on your face and whatever you're doing, even if you have to put on an act once in a while, like this is the greatest thing. I'm going to pick up a turkey sandwich for this guy that's in the meeting or whatever. They want me to go, whatever it is that if you show enthusiasm and a willingness to learn and be available and work the crazy hours for the crummy pay for a while and, and shifts that people don't want, you know, it shows how bad you want something. And, you know, odds are if, if you have a smile on your face and, you know, are willing to learn and figure out what everyone's doing and have a positive attitude, it will, someone will notice that and get you up to the next place the next whatever that next opportunity would be. That's I think extremely important.
2: I love it. Well, Todd, what can the good folks check out from you all across the Dan Patrick Show this week and on the podcast front? A lot of pods in the Dan Patrick Show family as well. But what can uh, the good folks look out for you and the team this week?
0: Uh, well, we're on vacation the rest of this week, so I'm, yeah. I'm shutting it down. But next week, we may, Doc Rivers may join us next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were supposed to do something le- with Jarius Sneed, but uh, I think he slept in after the parade and everything, mm-hmm. so he ended up uh, getting He's lost. He's had a busy
2: last, last couple, week. couple
0: weeks. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so we'll we'll give, we'll give him a pass on that. But, um, you know, we got some things in the works. Thankfully, uh, there's still a little time between now and next week. I'm, I'll just enjoy the rest of the uh, week. I'm going to go visit my daughter at Wake Forest for a few days. We're going to go to the Wake Forest Duke basketball game on Saturday Ooh. afternoon on the Wake campus. So I'm excited about that. And then uh, next week, uh, once it gets to late Saturday, Sunday, obviously, I'm in uh, work mode. and i got to start worrying about uh, who's coming on uh, this first couple of shows next week when we get back from vacation. But it's all, again, it's all good. It's all exciting, fun stuff. And, uh, you know, you and I are very blessed that we can play a part in this uh, in this industry, which is very typical to break into.
2: I love it. Todd, thank you so much for making the time. We'll have to check back in again soon. I'd like that. It was
0: my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me.